King Kong. Your curiosity quest starts here. Welcome in, everybody, to another amazing episode of the Cuco Podcast. We like to thank you all for listening to our rambling nonsense. So, appreciate it. How are you guys doing? Dan, Good. Alan. Wonderful. Good. Ready to ramble. Some <laughs> Ready. nonsense. Ready to ramble. I was just going to see how long Trav would go before he... Oh, I could go for a ...expected long time. <laughs> one of us to say something. Just so quiet for a little bit. But, uh want to do a uh, quick shout out you may know the person <laughs> i don't i didn't actually get a good look at it but apparently we've been we've reached dayton ohio is what our understanding is at least because and people like to listen to us or at least one person likes to listen to us during running which to me would be the most excruciating thing <laughs> <laughs> Why? I mean, the the name of this person on Instagram is Smile Strength Stretch. So I don't. I'm assuming that's not her real name. Well, we give a shout out to you. So thank you, Smile for, Stretch uh, Strength for stretch. listening to us. And you're extremely fast. Was it ten miles? Yeah, ten miles in. One hour, 55 minutes, and 17 seconds, an average pace of 11 minutes and 31 seconds, according to this picture that she posted. I could do a mile in like 20 minutes. So what is what <laughs> is that if she were an hour 55? <laughs> if you could do that in a full marathon, how quick is that? If she maintained the same pace, she would have to run 26 miles. I think it's actually like 26.2 Two, miles. Yeah. So that would be four... Five, about five hours. Shouldn't just over ask five him hours. math questions because I mean he'll get <laughs> it, but he's hours. gotta he's gotta say it out loud. Just over five hours. So. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much. We, we appreciated that. Um, as we get into today and or, or today's episode and uh, and our topics, like we've mentioned last week, we're kind of trying to cut down a little bit, maybe say <laughs> maybe so it's not so two hours longish, um, but. Uh, this week's topic here, we're going to, what is this? Oh, sorry. We're going to cover. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was reading it wrong. Um, so we have a question of, can good acts cancel out bad acts? Or how many rights make a wrong? And then, of course, after that, we will continue. Is this the last trivia, Alan, of the, uh, of the solar system? Yes. It is if you want it to be. Well, I, just, yeah, I was I, planning on yeah. Okay. I mean yeah. I could also I would I could also in the future like I will I could always go into like the asteroid belt, the Oort cloud, the Kuiper belt. I'm sure with uh, There's a lot more to the solar system than just the planets. <laughs> Does the solar system like always buy its pants too loose cuz it seems like it has a lot of belts. Boom. <laughs> I don't know why I turned into Santa Claus with that laugh. He's <laughs> 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 I think we should just do that. We should get a sounder that every time Danny makes that type of a joke, we just go, ho, ho, ho. That would okay. be encouraging me. Would it? That would be that somebody who's very sought after and loved likes my jokes. 
<laughs> See, we would just put one in there too. <laughs> anyway, also there's the dwarf planets, which includes Pluto now. Oh, and we all know Alan loves his dwarfs because he always talks about giant dwarfs. He's always mentioning just giant dwarf from from Infinity Infinity War. War. (laughs) Not yeah. Was it Infinity War? Yeah, Yeah, with uh, what's his name? Dinklage, Peter Peter Dinklage, Dinklage. where he's he's plays a giant dwarf. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, well, it's very oxymoronic. Before uh, before we get into that though, we're gonna start with a uh, a little bit of a of a cra- why'd you write crazy? Oh, I thought you put crazy topic. I'm just no, reading these all wrong. <laughs> Trav, read the second part. I know. Dan Dan's gas station story. <laughs> Do you have another one? I feel like we've done a gas station story before. Yes, I have another one. It- and guess what? First of all, I was curious. I'm like, I wonder if Trav really reads my outline. I do not. And so I put it as the second bullet point in bold. Dan's. Every, half of the things on this page are in bold, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It's like you're highlighting in your notes. <laughs> it doesn't work if you highlight everything. <laughs> I'm just all right. So you have a gas station story? Yeah. So I go to the gas station the other day before work, right? Walk in get a drink, go to pay for it. The woman at the ga- cash register, like I've seen her many times before. This is the same woman that's like, oh, my favorite customer. Like when I've come you, in. you said that before. <laughs> yeah, you say it that. like we know that. And so <laughs> I'm like, that's a sign that I'm like, I think I come here too much. But so I go, I'm paying for my stuff. And she's like, hey, you remind me of somebody. I just can't place it. And I'm like, I do. And I'm like, and I'm like, who do I remind you of? She's like, oh, who is it? And then I'm just about to leave because I had to finish my transaction. And she's like, oh, I remember who it is. I'm like, who is it? She's like, it's the world's first pregnant man. I'm like, what? <laughs> she's like, your face looks like him. I'm like, oh my gosh. Of all the people in the world, I look like a pregnant man. Did you look at what? What? Wait, there's a pregnant man? The world's first pregnant man. So I looked him up. I will let you guys be the judge. Is it somebody who maybe had a it's sex something change? Trav, you can post on social media for like. us. <laughs> <laughs> Looks that nothing did. like me. Uh, it does. Does. Yeah. No way. Yeah, it does. Nope. Nope. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I think we'll post a side by side or something on social, and then you guys can decide. Yeah, but you got to stand exactly like he is <laughs> next to a door like that. Oh, this is great. We'll get that on there for you. Guys. <laughs> so yeah, I had to call my wife and be like, "Yeah, this is ridiculous." I was just compared to a pregnant man today. So, <laughs> all right. Well, um, we also had another. Topic just a just a quick one. Uh, myself, uh, Alan, and and Dan here. I we have all. I think most people find themselves at some point in time in their life working in a customer service type job, and you get so many crazy stories with those. And so I was just curious, um, what uh, if you have ever like. Sorry, I can't remember what 
my exact question was to you guys. <laughs> I should have looked that up before. I... What is a crazy? Well, a crazy service? story, or like what something stupid that they got mad at you for? Because obviously, yeah. you know, customers always. And I'm putting this in air quotes here, fella or folks. Uh, customer is always right. And we know that that's not the case, especially if you've been in customer service. <laughs> but like, so just curious as the what things have they gotten mad at you for, or if there has been like any crazy stories. Alan, you said that you had a pretty good one, so I'll let you yeah. kind of start. So this was back when I was like fresh, fresh. I think I might have still been in high school. Um, I was working at the Bubble here in Bountiful, the Bountiful Rec Center. Bountiful it Rec Center. It was called the Bubble because it was an indoor outdoor pool. In the summer, it was outdoor. In the winter, they just put a big old bubble. white bubble over it. <laughs> yeah, it was like a... I kind of, like, it was cool in some ways, but it sucked in other ways because every time you'd walk inside the bubble, so your humid. ears would, like, my ears would always, like, yeah. feel plugged up. This is pressure. Did you ever get that feeling, Trav and Alan? Maybe. Maybe. I, it was. It was I just did. really humid. It, it was, was super like, humid in there and then also so echoey. What did you do there, though? I can't remember. Were you, like, at the snack bar? Yeah, so I worked in their little snack bar area. I didn't know that. You didn't? Uh-uh. And then occasionally, like, that's where I started, but then I started working my way up to, like, every once in a while, I'd get a shift, like, checking people in to the pool, or, like, get the cash register, taking their money, and did you go home selling like, them, like, Mom, I get to be the checker in her. <laughs> selling them season passes. But um way to go Alan Chan. So I was working in their snack bar area behind the desk and then they have like booths that people could sit in. They had like, I don't know, three or four of them. It's just a small little snack bar. Um and then there's a TV up in the corner. So when there was no one there, I'd just be sitting there watching TV or whatever. It was normally like on TBS or one of those channels that has like the sitcoms on in the middle of the day, like everybody lo- loves Raymond or something like that. So this particular day, I I and I don't even think I was paying attention to the TV at that moment. But this woman comes up to me, super pissed off, and he's like, "She's like, what kind of establishment is this? I have my <laughs> little daughter here with me. We're sitting here eating food, and you allow." This filth on the TV, and I look up, and there's just a Victoria's Secret commercial. I'm like, this, you're talking about the commercial? (laughs) (laughs) She's like, how dare you? This is supposed to be a family-friendly establishment, and you guys are allowing half-naked women to play on the TV in your snack bar area where I have my little child. (laughs) Like, I can't. (laughs) I can't stop. The TV companies, <laughs> so I was from playing these. I was just like, and I was like a scared little kid. I was like, I don't, um, <laughs> it, it's over now. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? You want me to change the channel? I'm, sh- I'm sure it'll be on other channels. The same commercial, <laughs> but so then she so was, was like, like the next commercial, like a Huggies commercial, and she's like, oh, sick bastard, <laughs> put naked babies on there. <laughs> I, I've always, you know what. It's always been a question of mine. This might be too much. <laughs> like, remember there used to be commercials with like naked little babies or like ads with naked little babies. Yeah, you just on, see their butts. On, yeah, their butts on like, I'm like, that's gross. That's, how is that not against the law? Anyway. 
good, think it's more question. almost weird that you like think it's gross. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's a baby. Yeah, but why did you say they come that out either? naked? It's but also, I'm just wondering, like how that. Gross. I'm just wondering how that's not like against the law. I don't know, legally. But I mean, anyway. I think it depends on what your intentions are with that. Whatever you're I using. I don't know. I feel like this is a <laughs> this is a whole bit. So, anyways, um, she sees that I'm just like scared and like I don't know what to do. So then she's like, "Can I just talk to your manager?" And my manager comes over and she talks to my manager about it and is screaming again at the manager. And my manager, of course, is like playing the whole customer's always right. So she's just very apologetic. And I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We will try to negate that in the future. I will give Alan the remote so he can be on watch and change it. <laughs> but, and then after she leaves, I was like, in my head, just like, how can she take the that crazy lady's side over mine. And then she comes up and talks to me immediately after. It was like, that crazy, that lady is nuts. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, thank you. It's all about just, you know, just trying not to escalate things. (laughs) If you just shake your head, you nod, you agree, eventually they'll leave. That's true. (laughs) It's almost never the good, the better option to to argue with them because if they're already that crazy, you're never going to win that argument. So mm-hmm. you might as well just be like, uh-huh, uh-huh. We will never put half-naked ladies on the TV again. Are you... Well, that, <laughs> I'm assuming <laughs> that... Like a, where was your boss Pakistani... From? Yeah, that's why I was... <laughs> we will <Why>? never put... <laughs> We will is never it, put the half naked ladies on the Is it because it's a snack bar and you imagine it being similar like to poo? Like, like a, a quickie poo bar? A quickie bar? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, Danny, what about you? <laughs> so this one's a little different. It's not so much that a customer got mad at me because I was trying to think about situations where a customer got mad at me. And there was, but they weren't as interesting. So if you remember back in high school, I worked at JCPenney Catalog. <laughs> oh, yeah. The call center there. And so I had some interesting stories from my time at JCPenney catalog, but basically it was an inbound call center for anyone who doesn't know people get the catalog, then they can call in and order things. And this is no longer exists now that the internet is around, but this was like this dates you pre Amazon (laughs) is pre like the internet being anything more than chat rooms. Um, but yeah, people call in. So I get this phone call from this guy and he seems a little on the like, frantic side but it's i mean you get a lot of calls all day every day so i'm start to talk to him and he's just like yeah um i'm gonna need um some jeans and i'm like okay what jeans would you like he's like yeah that's the thing i don't know i don't have a catalog or anything with me i just <laughs> need a pair of jeans can you pick one out maybe describe them to me and then i'll tell you if i want those or not I'm like, okay. So like everybody that works at the call center gets their own catalog to look through just in case like a customer's like, Hey, I'm trying to ask questions about a certain page or whatever. Right. So I'm like looking through, I flip to the jeans section for men I'm looking through and I describe a couple to him. He's like, okay, that one sounds good. Um, he's like, I just need it in this size. And he's like, Oh, do you guys like overnight ship? And I'm like, we can, it's like an extra fee, but he's like, yeah, I don't care how much it is. Like I'll pay whatever. <laughs> And I'm like, then really, as this whole thing goes on, I'm like, did he like, what get, is going on? 
But then he starts to like tell me more and more. Like I start, you know, as we're going through this transaction and stuff. Let me guess. Okay. He was stuck in the bathroom stall at at some place and he pooped his pants. He had no way to get home. So he's like, maybe if I just spend the night and they overnight (laughs) ship me some jeans. (laughs) Close. But no. So yeah, it comes out that he tells me, he's like, yeah, so um, I met this chick and took her back to my motel room and when I woke up she had stolen all my stuff and cha- like handcuffed me to the bed and he she t- stole like including my pants. <laughs> it's like I so I can't leave the room <laughs> and so I need these shipped to me right away so that I can have pants and I'm like oh. So I'm inferring this Part myself. I don't think he specifically told me this, but I'm assuming it was like a prostitute situation. Mm. And yeah. So I don't know. I got off shift like an hour later, so I don't know if he ever received his jeans. <laughs> He's still chained there to the bed. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was he just going to... those jeans? <laughs> How do you get out of the chains? I don't Does know. He... I mean, it did sound like he got out of whatever... He... I mean, I guess I could be wrong. He could have been just still handcuffed, like on speakerphone with you. <laughs> he like somehow dialed with his dialed nose. operator. It's like, operator, <laughs> transfer me to JC get me JC Penny, JC Penny catalog. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's why he couldn't. He Maybe was having he, you describe having you describe stuff to him. Too bad. Well, I'm sure he doesn't just have a JC Penny catalog that he carries around with him. But um, speaking of though. I'm surprised he didn't ask me for like, hey, do you have any uh, handcuff keys that I could order <laughs> shipped overnight? I yes, see. they have those in the JCPenney catalog. I heard you too. guys sell. No, maybe a hacksaw. I heard you sell a Houdini magic set. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need that stack. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, How about you, Trav? So when I was thinking about this, I've, cause I've had various jobs in customer service. You know, I've worked... Uh, in a call center a few times. I worked in hospitality and that gets super crazy. Um, so I have a couple of them. Uh, they're, they're, first one's pretty short, but so as a bellman for one of the, uh, the higher class hotels here in, in Salt Lake City, um, I was given an item to go deliver to a specific room. Now, in the building that I was to deliver this, uh, there is a first and a second floor. And, you know, my fault, I was supposed to go to the second floor. And in my head, I'm thinking, okay, I just go to the, the first floor room. And <laughs> as a bellman, you or anybody like in hospitality, if you're going into rooms, you knock. Like I always knock like a couple of times and yeah. then I announce myself. And, uh, and then if I don't hear anything, then I open it but then i kind of like peek my head in but this time so like i knock so i'm like oops <laughs> this is gonna Just be the knock the, over the, your the microphone <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like bellman nothing bellman maybe they thought you were calling them a bellman no I was like i'm not a bellman <laughs> no was not it <laughs> nothing so then i like open the door and i kind of like crack it open and I kind of announce myself again. I'm like, Bellman, still nothing. So then I open the door completely and I walk in and there's this lady just standing there. Okay. 
mind you, fully clothed. Okay. <laughs> okay, don't think I just walked in on somebody naked. But at that point, she looks at me and she goes, oh, how rude. And then she dropped her pants. What? <laughs> and I was like, what did you? I was like, lady, I'm sorry. I'm... Wrong room, I guess. I... And then I just turned around and I left. And I, so then I went back to my, my super. I'm like, if a lady calls and, and she complains that I walked in on her changing, I didn't. I knocked. I knocked like three times. <laughs> and I announced myself. I went in. But wait, then she dropped her why pants. Why did she drop her pants after you? I don't know. Because it looked like she was like super upset at me. And she's like, oh, how rude. And then dropped her pants. Was she like British? A, older lady or is this like a she wasn't like older older like i mean like she was older than me at the time i was like mid-20s and she was probably like she could have been 40 i don't know that's weird so that's that one (laughs) (laughs) and then the other one i used to work for a company called galileo processing which they were basically just a uh a debit card a prepaid debit card company and so people would get the and most of these cards were for people who Let's just put it this way. More like low-income type situations. Yeah. Can't, uh, you know, credit-wise, they're not able to to get accounts and things like that. So they rely on these. Although this is back in the day, like, I would have never wanted to do this. I would have just, I don't know how I would have figured things out, but there had to have been something better than getting your paycheck, going to Western Union, mailing the West, your check through Western Union to this company that would then deposit it onto this card. <laughs> like That was like, That's like what you had really to do. complicated. Yeah, super but, I mean, complicated. That, would that help people like build credit back up because they're actually using like a Visa card? Yeah. So, so I mean, why they were doing yeah. it. And also like to be able to purchase things online probably yeah. it'd be. Well, Okay, so but the the biggest problem was that I ran into is just that a lot of people would call because they would notice, like, <laughs> I mean, these people are literally watching their bank account every single second. So if like there's a missing penny, they're like, "Where the hell did it go?" <laughs> <laughs> and so, but the thing is, is like they'd go to McDonald's and McDonald's would charge them twice, and they'd call me. And they'd be like, "McDonald's charged me twice." I'm like, "Call McDonald's." <laughs> Like I'm the bank. You can't like I can't just give you money that McDonald's has. Like that doesn't it just doesn't appear. But anyway, so like sir, um <laughs> to expedite the process, I'm gonna need you to send me a photo ID of yourself. And if he sends it and he's like a big guy, I'd be like, I think that it's more likely that you went to McDonald's twice than they charged <laughs> you twice. So Yeah, no, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> but anyway, so this one call came through. And I answer it, and as I always did, I was like, thank you for calling customer service. This is Travis. How can I help you? And immediately this lady starts out, she's like, Jarvis, let me tell you what's going on with me, Jarvis. <laughs> and like, she was speaking so fast and so angry that I didn't want to like correct her and be like, my name's it's not ma'am. Jarvis. It's not Jarvis. It's Travis. I'm not an AI program built by Tony Stark. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But so she just kept going on. She was so mad. It was kind of one of those situations. Somebody, you know, there was some extra uh, charges on their account that they could not account for and wanted me to replace the money. And I was like, I can't replace the money. I, I can't just put money where I don't have, like, yeah. I don't have it. Yeah. 
And uh, this went on for like 20 minutes. And the whole time, she kept calling me Jarvis and Jarvis and Jarvis. And finally, like when she was getting really upset at me, I decided, all right, now's the time I'm going to correct her. <laughs> and I'm like, ma'am, ma'am, my name's not Jarvis. It's Travis. She goes, why did you tell me it was Jarvis? I'm like, I didn't. <laughs> she goes, you know what, Jarvis? I'm Talk to my husband. So her husband gets on the phone. And he starts telling me basically the same stuff, but instead of calling me Jarvis, he keeps calling me ma'am. Ma'am. <laughs> now, is this we, in high school? That's what I'm saying. We know that back in high school, I had a higher voice. It took a while for it to go down to a lower octave. But no, this was like, I was like 22. <laughs> I think it was what, 23, 24 no, when no. you finally no, it wasn't. matured. But I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll admit of like in comparison i don't have like the lowest voice but i mean listening to me now you can pretty much tell that i'm a man <laughs> hopefully so long story Sometime. short they <laughs> thought you were a woman named jarvis yep so he kept calling me ma'am <laughs> and mind you i'm in a call center it's like quiet i mean people are talking but it's it's quiet and i'm getting heated this guy is like super heated and finally i'm like sir I don't know if you can tell, but I am not a woman. And he goes, <laughs> everybody starts laughing around me. And he goes, well, then why are you acting like one? <laughs> I was like, okay, I, this is going nowhere. I have to stop the call and, you know, I had to hang up. Did you have an escalation department? Um, well, when we were able to kind of, they didn't ask for one, so I wasn't going to send it over. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we would send them to supervisors if they asked. Yeah. But if they were, like, insulting me and calling me names and things like that, not that I took ma'am as insulting, but he was starting to get pretty escalated. And I was like, sorry, yeah. if, you, if you don't calm down, I'm just going to have to end this call. Too bad your boss's name wasn't, like, a woman named Jane. <laughs> she gets on. They're like, James? James? Let me tell you what happened to James. Like, Talk to my husband. There you go. Sir? <laughs> sir? Why are you doing this, sir? Like, so I'm going to... We'll post on uh, our social media. I'd, I'd like to hear other people's um, thought. Well, not necessarily thoughts on ours, but if you have other situations, uh, everybody, like I said, everybody's had a situation where somebody at work has gotten mad at them or something stupid. So let us know. Um, check out our website and, or, or well, or check out our website, but check out our social media and, and make sure you comment. So let's move on to our first topic, technically. Our first question, which is, can good acts cancel out bad acts? You're not just going to let them die like that, are you? My shoulder, Rachel. Don't listen to that guy. He's trying to lead you down the path of righteousness. I'm going to lead you down the path that rocks. I'll come off it. You come off it. You. 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 You infinity. Ah. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Yet again, how short was that, Oh, my Trav? goodness. Well, it's... 18 seconds. I beat you though. I didn't even have one, so <laughs> some of us actually have eighteen second sounders and some of us just have eighteen minute stories about customer service. <laughs> Yours wasn't eighteen minutes. I'm just saying like the whole segment, all of our stories combined was roughly eighteen minutes. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe twenty. I don't know. But I didn't have a comeback, okay? I don't know why you're pressuring me so much I'm right now, Trav. You're just <laughs> you're just freaking out right now. I know. 
I just wanted to know what it was like to just fly off the handle for no good reason. So now I know. But anyway, yeah. So like Trav said, and it is like you could reiterate or or put this question in many, many different ways. One uh, is can good acts cancel out bad acts? It could be right versus wrong. It could be good versus evil, right? There's all these different ways of kind of putting the whole thing. But the whole question I wanted to come up and just have a discussion with you guys is basically thinking of every human being on earth, right? I mean, as much as like, I want to assume that I'm perfect. I know I'm not perfect. Trav, I don't know how close to perfect you are. Alan, I don't know how close to perfect you are, but I'm assuming we all have flaws. I'm a shining specimen of perfectality. Perfection. <laughs> Perfection. <laughs> Perfectality. Except for that little mistake, I'm perfect. <laughs> it's like my first mistake. It was on air. Damn, it was so fast. It came, it came so fast. So anyway, but yeah, like everyone makes mistakes every day. Everyone makes bad decisions every single day. It's just part of being human. So no one can expect you, and no one, I don't think for the most part, does expect you to be perfect. But at what point kind of can you kind of go roll things back, right? So we're from Utah. The predominant religion here in Utah is? LDS. Mormons. Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Yes. That's how it is to be said now. <laughs> oh, is it? Yes. You have to say the whole thing? The whole thing, which says who? The, pro- the Church of Jesus Christ of <laughs> Latter-day Saints. <laughs> But I mean, this whole thing is not to get into into religion. But yeah, like because of of that, well, like I know their situation. Last week, video games got into religion, yeah, but that was <laughs> that was different. Yeah, he just this wants one's... to talk about religion so bad. He's just dancing around the topic. <laughs> but like, I mean, I've experienced things here personally, or seen people experience things where. Some people, and Trav can probably attest to this, Alan can probably attest to this, some people decide to take it upon themselves to critique and judge what everyone else around them is doing if they're not doing what they think they should be doing, right? Yes. And so my comeback to that is always, isn't one of the commandments, thou shalt not judge? Maybe. <laughs> and if thou shalt not judge. It should be. But I think it is, or or somewhere in the teachings, it's thou shalt not. Well, judge. yes, you should not judge. But the people, it's it's funny to me that these people are the ones that are judging you for doing something they think you shouldn't be doing, but therefore are sinning themselves, right? Yes, exactly. So if that person goes up, then what takes precedence? Like, should their act of doing what they think was right, going to church, whatever? outweigh their judginess that's kind of the whole concept that we're going to get through today okay but through stories okay okay all right so before i start the first thing and no thou shalt not judge is (laughs) (laughs) i really should like go back and figure but i think it's somewhere in the in the lds or sorry it's not church of latter-day it is not it is not even the church it's a christian thing it it's I always viewed it more of like you like I'm not the one to be the ultimate judge. Like I'm it's basically when you meet your maker, that's the one who will judge. So it's like just you're being a crappy person <laughs> judging everyone. Because <laughs> you're like ultimately it's up to up to God himself. Yeah. 
and her, I mean, him or her son. I only bring this up as an example because it is an example of some people are like, I mean, they are very good people for the most part, but if you're doing something or who's to say what you're out, whatever else you're doing is wrong or what you're doing is right, you know, so it's like all completely nitpicking, nitpickers. Yeah. But the whole point of this is, Hey, what should be constituted as good? as good what's who gets to decide what's good who gets to decide what's bad and who gets to decide if they can cancel each other out that's the whole point we're going to get to as we kind of were you judged recently for something (laughs) i'm always judged trav i don't know if you know but i'm married it's a constant judging did somebody come out to you and just like (laughs) belittle you for your choices no but we did have a neighbor that accused us of throwing an old pallet in an empty lot up the street. Well, you shouldn't throw oh. pallets in empty lots. Well, Heaven forbid. If I did, I would have <laughs> fessed up to it. Going like, straight to hell for that. Where the hell would I would have got freaking empty pallet? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, ironically, we did have an empty pallet. Okay, so that's why you accused you. <laughs> <laughs> but it was still at our house. <laughs> Well, where one yeah. empty pallet is, there could be two. Why would you? Why would you just have one? So she texts my wife and is like, "Did you throw the empty pallet in this <laughs> the little also, empty why does across it the matter? <laughs> and then Liz's like, "No," and then she's like, "Oh, okay, well." And then well, I is told that really Liz like, "Next time, or is it she, just asking." <laughs> well, it was like it. You know, it's, it was the tone of the text. It's it's the tone of that person's general <laughs> being. Okay, but. So, but the whole thing is, I told Liz after that, I'm like, next time when you're talking to her, like when you guys kind of going through the conversation of like, Hey, what do you do? You know, you should be like, I work for a pallet company. (laughs) I have pallets coming out of my ears. I don't know where to put them all. We just make pallets and just put them in empty lots. But anyway, that's beside the point. I throw bonfire parties on the beach all the time. (laughs) So I just collect pallets. Anyway. (laughs) We sidetracked onto the pallets, which we should not have done. (laughs) So, I mean, I think as far as whose place is it to judge, obviously we need – we have a legal system in the United States that uh, as a society we've, uh, I guess, we've agreed on that that this is how for, you know, legal criminal acts. Well, that's what I'm saying. It kind of depends on what – how – how deep we get into this and how like heavy these these acts yeah. are yeah. um yeah. yeah so at least right. in the united states it's supposed to be the government the state for certain things and to a certain degree and yes. it's not supposed to be religion that ultimately judges like yeah. your fate and religion maybe i should have just never brought up the religion thing so i was a bad example maybe on my part and i'm um, judging you now for <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get into so basically what I want you guys to do is I'll give you a little bit of a story and then you guys tell me what you think from your own because the thing is with good and bad it's not always super clear cut right like if you go murder somebody it's probably pretty a high it's probably a high likelihood that all three of us will say like yeah it's probably not a good thing right <laughs> yes but if you do something else like if you go drink a coke Maybe we all think that it's fine, but there could be people that think that you are doing something wrong. Maybe. Does that sound right? Like I'm sure there's I went some to the grocery store the other day and I got a rock star. And it was the weirdest thing that happened because 
the person there's a person in front of me that was standing there looking at the energy drinks and I just couldn't get around him so I kind of waited for a second to let him finish and then I got he left and I got my rock star and then there's another guy though that was right behind me and just when I turned around the way that his he was looking was almost like he was just like checking around to see if anyone could see that he was about to grab a rock star <laughs> <laughs> Like grab a rock star; those are gross. But the point is, like, I'm like, I wonder if I looked like that, because <laughs> like somehow I think, but I don't really think it's wrong to drink rock stars, other than it's bad for my health. Yeah. But anyway, so I'm gonna. You guys know who Pavlov is, right? Yes. Okay. So I know his dog. Oh, burn! How's that a burn? <laughs> <laughs> that was more like. So let's have. So Alan, what is like the story behind Pavlov and his dog? <laughs> rings a bell i don't know the details but yeah yeah like at a that super high said so like like literally one sentence he was doing a psychological experiment to see if um you could associate sound with uh a dog's other senses of like or with his rings a bell dog salivates yeah gets gets hungry <laughs> yeah so basically basically he conditioned the dogs to like when they heard the sound of the bell, it would make them hungry and salivate because they associated the bell with food. Because yeah. he kept ringing the bell and then giving them food, ringing the bell, giving them food, and then it started working. Yeah. Look no Without further them than the, food, the office when Jim, every time, <laughs> oh, every time he clicks on to his computer and it rings the bell, he gives Dwight a mint. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so then that finally that one time when he <laughs> logs on and and. Uh, <laughs> Dwight just holds his hand out for his mint, and he's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "I don't know." <laughs> but exactly, like it's a psychological thing that he's found out that like you can have these associations built in the brain, you know. And and exactly, the dog hears the bell; it thinks it's getting food. He took this a little step further. You guys may or may not know this, but he did this with a bunch of other my dogs. Does the exact same thing, by the way. Only just he can hear. Wherever he is in the house, it's like a little metal bowl he has. He can hear me when I like pick it up, and he just immediately jumps up. So you just so. rude, and you just like pick it up, put it down, pick it up, put it down, pick it up, put it down. <laughs> okay. So anyway, but he did this. He was able to show that, hey, it's not just a bell, because I know at the beginning, I'm sure they were like, well, is it just bells they, they associate? But no, he could do it with any of like various other tones, with lights, like lamps on, lamps off. He could do it with electric shocks, that kind of stuff, and it would still condition. They would It would end up in the same situation. Like if you would push out that conditioning situation, then the dog would salivate, right? So I'm going to read you guys, though, this part that most people probably don't. I didn't know it until recently. So it's just like a quick story on what happened after that. Okay. So on September 23rd, 1924, a catastrophic flood swept St. Petersburg. Pavlov's basement laboratory flooded. Tragically, the dogs were trapped in kennels inside. As water gushed around them, the desperate dogs craned their necks high, sticking their noses in tiny cracks of air between the top of their cages and the rapidly rapidly rising floodwaters. They lived like this for hours. Cut off from human help, their muzzles barely moved above the ice-cold waves. 
The thud of snapping and falling trees thundered around them. Then Pavlov's assistants came to the rescue. In order to free the dogs from their kennels, Pavlov's assistants had to forcibly submerge the dogs underwater, then yank the dogs through the kennel doors. The terrified dogs, of course, had no idea why they were being pushed underwater. To transport the dogs to safety, Pavlov's team then forced the exhausted dogs to swim in groups for a quarter mile from their kennels to their main laboratory. Upon reaching the main laboratory, the dogs finally safe but traumatized. Okay. What do you think of that story, Trav? Kill him. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what I'm supposed to think. So, no, that's just the story of, like, what happened to these dogs after he had been doing all of his other training and stuff, right? So... Once that happened, he took the, once they got the dogs to the safety and back to their laboratory, he started, you know, checking them out, making sure how they, how they were doing, checking out to see if they were okay, but they were not interested in eating anymore. And so then he started doing, you know, for example, he would ring the bell and this would not trigger any kind of response from the dog as if it wanted so to eat. So did he discover PTSD or something? That's very similar, yeah, to what PTSD is. So... He, in in doing this, he realized these dogs are no longer conditioned from the way that we've been training them. They basically, they've forgotten all of their training, everything that they've learned, and they're just refusing food. So he Mm -hmm. decided, I'm going to take it a step further. I'm going to starve these dogs uh, and see if hunger will overcome and, and force them to like regain their training, right? So he starved the dogs for three days and they never started salivating or anything like that in fact they didn't even eat so mm-hmm. he couldn't figure out why he just thought it was kind of a weird situation and so after that he decided he was going to change his life's work basically and start focusing on the fact that he realized that high levels of stress led to shutting down is basically what he called it so Basically, it doesn't matter if you're a dog or a human. If you experience some traumatic event or high level of stress, you can end up being shut down and go into a space that basically is unhealthy for you. You could do like, for example, if you go through a lot of stress, some people binge eat. Some people don't eat at all, right? He looked at me when he said binge eat. Yeah. Are you a binge eater or not eater? When I'm stressed? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if I get that stressed <laughs> to where I break my eating habits. <laughs> I do think that Trav is lucky in the fact that I don't, you probably haven't ever really been that stressed though, that I can think of. I mean, I haven't been around you I mean, I get, your whole life. It's not that I like don't have any stress. I just cope Pro- with it yeah. well, I guess. And probably not even just like normal stresses of like daily life, but like stresses of just like depression or, you know, that yeah. kind of stuff. So. I don't know, Alan, do you binge eat? Do you? I have. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, I can do either or sometimes I can do that. (laughs) Sometimes I will like not eat. It just depends for me. Like it's an awesome weight loss program when it happens, (laughs) but we should just just make him feel really bad about himself all the time. He's like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to eat ever, but I'm (laughs) super skinny now. Just keep putting him through super traumatic events. (laughs) So, yeah. But anyway, to wrap this up, basically what he did for the rest of his life is he would expose dogs to extreme stress until they literally broke down. So he would have to do things to these dogs that would probably hurt them, scare them, do things that would literally like break them as an animal, right? 
In doing this, he concluded the following, everyone can be broken. <clears throat> the easiest, uh, the people who are easiest to break are also the easiest to recover. Uh, the people that are the hardest to break are the hardest to recover. I guess I should really quickly preface. So he wanted to figure this out, but he wanted to figure it out because he wanted to find out if you could recover somebody who had been broken or who had gone through, gone through all this stress. So yes, like, could you restore somebody who had gone through, who has PTSD? Yeah. Right. Basically. Um, and then finally he figured that you can't reverse somebody's breakdown without re- uh, reposing stress on the animal or the person. So basically you have to create controlled situations of extreme stress on the animal or the person to get them to recoup and recover. So you kind of have to put them in a situation. And I guess that's because ultimately that'll kick them into their survival instinct and force them to be like, suddenly like, I just pictured it as like, Hey, I'm going to put you on the edge of a bridge and threaten to push you off unless you do something about it. Okay. And then that could snap somebody out of their depressive state or whatever. Maybe they, okay. <laughs> so, I'm, so. I'm just going to say, I'm a little <laughs> curious as to where this is going because we have yet to talk about right or wrong things. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that's the end of that, right? So the whole point is, <laughs> is <it? laughs> if you were to then think about it, Pavlov's life's work, right? From what I just told you, we just went through it and really quick, just to like a quick version of his life is, would you consider Pavlov to be a bad person or a good person? I'd consider him to be a bad person to dogs. I think it's... It all depends. Yeah. It's subjective. Depends on your point of view of the person. If you were somebody yeah. with PTSD that was helped by it, you might be like, like if I for him. if I had a dog that needed a home, I definitely wouldn't be giving it to Pavlov. <laughs> <laughs> but um as so as far as it, is he a good person or bad person, I like I don't think there's don't an think answer to I that. I could say that he is either, but I can just say like by my morals, my standards I probably wouldn't do all that for to get a possible answer to something like for scientific reasons. I understand science. I okay more than anything. I want people to go to Mars. <laughs> we've we've discussed this. All right, but there was a company called Mars One, and their plan was to send people to Mars just to get them on Mars, and then basically there's no way home or. They, the people would just end up dying there or on the way, but just to accomplish the goal of getting people on Mars. And I was totally against it because I was like, I would be, I love people on Mars, but (laughs) if you're doing it in a way that is to me, by my standards, not moral, but then I I would not people against their will. No, I would imagine that no, the but people that would take were the ones that were like, yes, I want to do this. Like, I would love to go up there and die trying or die on Mars. Not against their will, like they signed up for it. But I also know, like, it's a long journey. It's like nine months to get there, even, and there's a lot of time to just sit there and think and start to freak out and be like, I really don't want to die on Mars. I really don't want to die right now. I want to see my family again. Please let me come back. And then there's no way back. Okay. So to me, it would end up 
being just be super cruel. And then he was going to make a rea- they were going to make a reality show out of it to try and pay for it. And I was going to be like, <laughs> people are just going to be watching people going to Mars and then dying or possibly having psychotic breaks and freaking out. Like I'm never coming home again. Would you watch that show? <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch it for the, uh, just for the narrator to be like, Jared is struggling with his recent diagnosis of cancer from being on Mars. <laughs> <laughs> That was a stupid mistake, Jared. <laughs> so basically... Looks like Jared is on the mend. Wait, what is that? Oh, a 13-mile-tall volcano has just erupted. <laughs> he is now running for his life. <laughs> so the way I view it is, by my morals, that wasn't that's not moral. And I, you know, if you do it in the right way to get... So Pavlov could find some other way that wasn't torturing him. Yeah, basically, and I think I before I think you're getting you're you're finally getting to the spot that I'm trying to take this conversation in, and I it's my fault. I apologize for not being able to like articulate it better because I just I don't know. It was hard for me to articulate it to myself. I knew what I was trying to get at, but Mm -hmm. it's like one of those concepts that's like obscure in a way that it's just it's hard to like. It's not like a flat out yes or no answer, right? So yeah. exactly, it is. It's just it's depending on how you feel as a person, what your morals, what you th- think is right, and what you think is wrong would ultimately determine whether you think somebody is doing something right or somebody is doing something wrong. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, do you have anything to add to that, Trav? Nope. Okay, so this one Trav's going to love because this is right up his alley. And this is supposedly, like, this is exactly Wait, why I did it for you, Trav. Does it have anything to do with World War II? Yep. Oh, because I was just going to bring that up and be like, but I have another thing that I want to say that kind of contradicts what I just said. So we'll, we'll get to it. All right. Do you guys know who Fritz Harbor is? No. Or, sorry, it's not Harbor. Haber. Did he work on the nuclear Wait. bomb? No. <laughs> What's that? Did he work on the nuclear bomb? Was he a nuclear physicist? No. Oh. So, but he was. Wait, are we not going to the nukes? No. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I thought we were, but I'm sure there's a lot of examples. I just didn't want to use all of the examples through history in this one podcast. So I decided to go with two examples. Good. Okay. All right. So Fritz Harber was a German chemist. He was born in uh, Germany in 1868, but he was born into a Jewish family and actually they were uh, secularized Jews. Am I saying that right? Secularized. (laughs) Sure. But I didn't. I didn't know what that was. I will. I will be the first to admit. I had to look it up. Do you know what a secularized Jew is? I have no clue. It's a non-religious Jew. Oh, okay. So, so like I guess by blood means that you're like Jewish, but you're not really practicing. It's like you're born into the Mormon Church, but you don't practice. Yeah, so I'm I a guess. secularized member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. Sure. Yeah, yep. I guess. So I thought it was a little nugget on the side. Anyway, around the turn of the century, so around 1900, there was a major issue that was happening all around the world, including in Germany. And that was they flat out were realizing we can't grow enough food to feed everybody. So in Germany alone, there's a population of about 50 million. When was this? Around 1900. Oh. So in Germany alone, there was... um, a population of about 50 million people and they realized we only really can probably grow food enough to feed like 30 million people. That means 20 million people are going to just like starve. Right. And so this was this huge problem, this epidemic that was kind of a worldwide issue. They were all trying to figure it out. This is leading At to a time choice. <laughs> Got to choose which 20 million. Oh, okay. Never mind. okay. 
<laughs> what is that? Sophie's Choice. You've never seen Sophie's Choice? You don't know Sophie's Choice? I think you the Nazis should. are taking her and her two kids like on a oh, train. Oh, haven't to we the, talked about this before? I think. To the camp. To the um, she has to pick which and child, she, and then for yep. some reason, one child she gets the to guy's take with a her, dick the other one, and says like, "You can only bring, yeah, you can only choose one to come with you and live, or something like that." Oh no, and this she is has not, to make a choice. This doesn't get to Sophie's choice either. So no nuclear weapons, no Sophie's <laughs> choice. <laughs> we'll keep How many going. other things could have happened in <laughs> World War Two? So anyway, um, and the whole World War II thing, it, it does happen in World War II, or World War II does have to do with this, but it may be a little misleading from the way that you're oh, thinking okay. about it or something. But anyway, because of this, they decided they know like the issue that happened is you have to have nitrogen in your soil in order to grow crops. Mm-hmm. If you don't, then you just can't, nothing will grow there. So because of over farming over centuries, basically like a lot of the land started to become barren when it was unable to support crops. They were now going to other places, but now they were just running out of land really that they could grow food on. Yeah. And that was the major issue. So they knew, well, we just need to somehow replace the nitrogen into the soil. And so the only real natural way to do it at the time was to, uh, put manure Mm-hmm. in the soil as a fertilizer manure was a natural source of nitrogen and actually the the best type of manure that you could use <laughs> <laughs> in order to put nitrogen back in the soil was guano which is what is that bat, bat poop yep so bat poop i know that became, from ace ventura <laughs> yep bat poop or guano became like this super sought off after commodity and countries even went to war over like guano supplies and stuff like that because they're like we need this to put in our on our soil so we can get grow food again right like the tribes in ace ventura when nature calls went to war over the great white bat yes exactly but it made me think do you think that the fact that these tribes or not these tribes these countries went to war over bat poop do you think that's where the term bat shit crazy comes from? <laughs> no. Uh, it makes sense. Would that be a, what was that one thing that you called them that you did an episode on a few episodes back? They were like, qu- not quips, but. Idioms? Idioms. Idioms, yeah. yeah. Would bat shit crazy be an idiom? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> Um, but what they did know and what we know now is that in the air that we breathe, it's 80% nitrogen. Yeah, that's right? most it's of our mostly atmosphere. nitrogen. They're like, we have all this nitrogen, like this endless supply of nitrogen in essence, just all around us, but we can't use it. Like yeah. we can't, there's no way for us to put that into the soil to grow crops. So Fritz at Haber, the time, or there still is at the time. So Fritz Haber Started other working than, okay. on on the problem, and he was the one that actually figured out a solution to it. And he found over like through a lot of experiments and stuff that if he puts uh, air and increased hydrogen into um, a highly pressurized container, that what it ends up creating is ammonia. And ammonia is like a liquid form. Uh, I mean, it's a liquid that basically holds a bunch of nitrogen in it. You can then use that to create fertilizer and then fertilize the land. So by him doing this, he literally 
was able to pull nitrogen out of the air and put it into the soil in a way that all of a sudden now they didn't have a problem supporting the 1.5 billion people that were on the planet at the time. But now here we are with over 7 billion people and still growing and we're completely fine. We have more, more than enough food to feed the whole planet, even though there's a lot of people starving, but that's not due to the fact that we can't grow enough to feed them. It's due to political issues, right? Mm -hmm. So now this guy basically, I mean, they called it a miracle. Some people called it bread from the air. Um, in 1918, he even received a Nobel prize for this discovery of this process. And so long story short, exactly like his discovery created it so that billions of people's lives were saved and, or could occur afterwards. Right. Okay. Okay. So that's kind of like part one of his life. Well, because of this whole because discovery that he had, he life. yeah he got into uh, like the German elite clubs and stuff, and he became like this really like the in the in crowd in these in these circles, and he really really liked it. He was a personality that loved the the attention and being part of this group, partially because he grew up Jewish, and it was hard for a Jewish person to grow up and like be getting these elite clubs, right? So he like super cherished these relationships that he had well in 1914 what started world, world war one yep exactly trev i know you love world war ii did you ever love world war one not as much but i yeah it, no. I world war one was just all trenches and <laughs> <laughs> that actually is going to play a big part of this so in 1918, World War One began. So he, because he was loyal to Germany and he and these groups, he decided that he would join the war effort and he joined up with the German military. He then went and told the German military, hey, I'm pretty sure that I can use the same process that I use to create the nitrogen or the ammonia to create explosives as well. There's like a similar thing that he could, like process he could use to now create because mm -hmm. it has energy, which can then blow up, right? Yeah. So he does that, but he's like, I think this is what, and then he comes up with this master plan. He's like, I think what we should do, because they are in trench warfare, basically, in World War One. all the movies that you see, you see them just like lined up in those trenches, right? Yeah. He's like, I think what we can do is we can release chlorine gas, like when the wind is blowing just right, to go weed out all the, the enemy troops that are sitting in those trenches on the other side. So... He so kind of, when the when the wind's blowing toward the enemy, release the gas, yeah, and, and let it flow into let the it enemy like trenches, flow over there. And so he liked this idea, but honestly, even the German, uh, a lot of the commanders in the German military and stuff didn't like the idea. They're like, "This seems too dangerous." I mean, I'm sure part of it is like, "What if the wind changes directions?" Because it does. <laughs> like it can change I, just like that. <laughs> like I'm sure there's a lot of reasons that they like didn't want to do it i know some of them also felt like this is not how you're supposed to I wonder fight a war that's like felt like cheating to them i wonder if it was before or after this that the saying don't piss into the wind came out <laughs> you guys <laughs> <laughs> so would he get a ho 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 and a bottle of rum yes for that one okay <laughs> so anyway but ultimately because Claus? because of his status in the country from creating the ammonia that basically saved countless lives, right? Yeah. He got his way and he was able to get it. So when the wind was blowing just right, uh, they were able to release the chlorine gas canister after canister was opened by the German army or 
troops. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the gas started slowly creeping its way across like what they call no man's land, the whole area in between the two yeah. sides um, that like basically if you go into, you die. I always picture Wonder Woman when she's running across the field or whatever between the two trenches oh. in the movie. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's actually World War Two, isn't it? Or is it I think it's World War I. I think it's in World War One. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I, actually, yeah. I think it's probably right. But anyway, so there was even reports. So basically, I'm just going to read this. So they released 150 tons of chlorine gas into the air at this moment. 150 tons? Yeah. So like basically like a blue whale's worth of weight of gas. That's a lot of gas because gas probably doesn't blue weigh that much. Blue whale's 150 tons? Did you? Oh yeah, you probably covered this in your largest. <laughs> or what was it? Which the animals live, live the, the longest? longest. <laughs> hey, I like to know about my animals. All right. So anyway, it, yeah. So this cloud of gas, basically a fifteen foot cloud of gas, just slowly creeped across this whole no man's land at like one meter per second. So it was like, like slow enough that people could just kind of like watch it, right? Coming. I imagine that Austin Powers scene where. <laughs> the, was it the steamrollers <laughs> coming at him? And he's like, ah! but it's like <laughs> 50 yards away. And then it keeps coming. And he's like, ah! and just lets it roll over. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you were the enemy, you probably were just like, what the heck is that? Like, it's just this wall. I, I and also you being don't... green yeah. for some reason, but I don't know. What color it really <laughs> All really... I know is I'd look at it. And I'd be like, can't be good. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should get out of here. But then also, you're you, if you pop up out of the trench, they'll shoot you, right? Yeah, you don't want to. It is kind of want to get out of that trench. It's kind of a no win situation. But yeah, so like the men um, that were there at the time actually reported seeing that as this cloud of gas went across this field, they could see leaves shriveling up, the grass dying, and literally birds just falling out of the sky, dead. So, like, they knew, I'm sure, as it came, they're like, this probably can't be good. (laughs) But then when finally the gas reached the enemy lines and started going into the trenches, um, what happens is that as a human, when you breathe in chlorine gas, it irritates your lungs and your sinuses to such a degree that your body just starts uncontrollably creating mucus and phlegm, different uh, fluids to try and flush your system out. Mm-hmm. But then ultimately, it fills your lungs up with liquid, mm-hmm. and then you literally just drown on land. Mm-hmm. So that's how you die from this whole chlorine gas, I guess. So it's like this terrible, horrible death. Um, but this attack proved to be so successful that Har- Haber was praised from the German officials. They took him back and like, great job. You know, we should have probably used this earlier. Maybe we could have done better in the war. So then he takes that. He goes home to his wife. His wife his name is his wife's name is Claire. She was also Jewish. The, I don't know if they grew up together or what, but they had a similar background. Anyway, she's pissed. She comes to him and she's like, "How could you do this? Like, why did you do this?" And and I think honestly, hoping that he would be like, "I didn't re- realize how bad it would be and would feel bad about it." But instead, he took the opposite approach, and he was like, "I don't, I don't feel that bad. I don't have any remorse. I don't care." I'm glad I did it. And in fact, I'm going to go back tomorrow morning and to the front lines and I'm going to do it again. Like that was his response. This depressed his wife so much that she like went outside and took a revolver and shot herself in the chest. And 
the person that ended up finding her was their 13 year old son who went outside, found his mom there. She was still wasn't quite dead yet and had to literally like watch his mom die. Yeah, because she shot herself in the chest. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not like, <laughs> why did she die? It's just well, no, sad I'm, that he had to watch her I'm die. just saying she didn't die immediately. She could have taken care of that yeah. <laughs> and just gone for the head. Gone faster. Yeah. So apparently she shot herself in the chest. So that is enough time for her son to come find her. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I did not think that that was the direction you were going to find this. Like, well, she should have done it more like efficiently. <laughs> Think how efficient her husband was. Just kind of comes back to like, if you want to kill yourself, you're going to kill yourself. I mean, don't, you shoot yourself in the chest. It's like exactly. you could miss things and live. But, Sorry, I'm not giving see, you, this, and I'm not giving anybody advice here. And this might be a little dark and gruesome, but. So when I talked about people going, like, they wanted to send people to Mars on a one-way trip, and then me, in my mind, I can see them changing their mind and freaking out halfway through. That's why I've always had the thought, why would you ever hang yourself if you're trying to kill yourself? Because you know, a lot of those people halfway through, they're like, "Uh uh-oh, I don't want to die. And then there's nothing they can do about it. You? So, that's my dark and gruesome thought of the day. (laughs) Alan's dark and gruesome thought of the day. Wait, you're saying if someone tries to hang themselves, if somebody says, I'm going to kill myself, and then they choose to hang themselves to do it, why would you ever do that? Because it takes a while to die, is what you're saying? Because you have the time to change your mind, but then you don't have the ability to to change the outcome. outcome. Okay. So for a while you're gonna be like freaking out. No, I can. See I don't want to die. Now. For and some reason, you I can was, do about it. I was mixing up the whole Mars trip with the hanging, <laughs> and then I was like, if there's like a lack of gravity, how does hanging work? Oh wow, <laughs> no. you went the Mars real trip. Weird the Mars that. trip is because I said I could see people changing their mind halfway through that they don't want to die on Mars. They want to come back home, and then they freak out because there's no way to come home. They're screwed. Okay. Got it. <laughs> so, but yeah, this Haber guy, and once his wife is now dead, his son just watched her be murdered. But instead of doing anything to console his son or anything, he just up and leaves the next morning, leaving his son alone to deal with it while he goes back to the front lines, like he said he was, to go do more chlorine gas attacks, right? So then his son grows up. Uh, having to carry this weight on his shoulders, he ends up ultimately being to the U.S. and he ends up committing suicide later in life. So like, it's just like this whole tragic event around this whole family, right? Um, but ultimately, in 1918, Germany loses World War One. The war ends. He's super humiliated because he was one of the leaders, you know, and he was like, oh, "We should have won." So Germany gets a whole bunch of financial reparations thrown on them. So now they owe all all this money to all these countries for all the things that they've done. And so Harbor decides that he's going to take it on himself to pay it back because he feels so so bad. And the way that he decided he was going to do it is apparently, and I didn't know this. If you guys know anything else about it, let me know. But apparently in seawater, there's like trace amounts of gold that's infused in, I knew that in the seawater. Yeah. So he figured if he could, figure out how to remove the gold from seawater. He could just pump ocean water through and just pull out all the gold. Apparently there's like more gold just floating in the sea in the ocean than any, like all the gold that hasn't even been mined and mined on land. 
Yeah. It'd be trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars worth, but you, yeah, like you said, how do you get it out of the water? Yeah. So apparently, even he couldn't figure it out. He worked on it for five years and ultimately had to just admit that he just couldn't figure it out and he had to admit failure, right? Mm-hmm. So after all this, now we are getting to a time where he goes and he starts working at a science institute in Germany. And now the year is 1933. And what happens in 1933, Trav, since you're a huge World War II guy? In 1933? Yeah. Who comes into power? Adolf. Adolf Hitler. <laughs> Adolf Hitler. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so Hitler comes into power in 1933. And yeah, and decrees that this is the time when he decrees like, hey, no Jews can work for the government or serve the government or anything like that. Not even secular so, ones. Apparently not. So, but because Fritz Haber had uh, served in World War One, he was like given an exemption, but 75% of his staff was Jewish and they were all forced out. So he did not like this. So he ended up resigning. He's like, whatever, I, I, I don't agree with this. I'm going to resign from my position as head of this science institute. And he left and spent the next year of his life just traveling around like a nomad around Europe and then ultimately died of heart failure when he was in Switzerland in 1934. So that's the end of Fritz Haber's life. But it's not the end of what Fritz Haber kind of his <laughs> mark on the world. You love saying Fritz. <laughs> Is that like a good German accent, Trav? <laughs> yep. Sure. <laughs> How would you say Fritz Haber? Basically like that, yeah, sure. <laughs> All right, so this is the part that Trav should be super interested in if he didn't already know this. Okay, so Fritz Haber, now he died. The Nazis come in and take over the institute that he worked at, right? Yep. And then in doing so, they figure out, hey, while he was in command and control, under his watch, they discovered that he created... Um, a pesticide that was called Zyklon A. Do you know what that is? Nope. So a Zyklon, pesticide. yeah. So Zyklon A is a nitrogen-based poisonous gas. It's just meant to like kill bugs, right? Mm-hmm. They also, at the time they made it, they infused smell into the gas itself, so that if it ever did leak or something, people could smell it, and then they could just quickly remove themselves from the situation, so they yeah. don't get sick or die. Well, the Nazis figured this out. They found it. So what they did is they repurposed it. They took the smell out of it, and then they renamed it Zyklon B. Oh, is this what they used in the concentration camps? Yep. And Zyklon B is the gas that they used to kill thousands of people in concentration camps during World War II. So directly something that he also created ended up killing thousands of people. I think it was millions. And Trav would know. He's the expert. It's like six million. I'm not an expert on all things World War II. I just said I enjoyed learning about it. I know a total of six million Jews were murdered murdered by the Nazis. So okay. Well, I would millions. say it's milli- in the millions okay. at least. They got Either way, there's a lot of people that were killed by this. And ironically or not, I mean, even some of the people that were killed by this gas was some of his friends and relatives because they were Jewish. Yeah, And so they ended up in these concentration camps and killed by this gas that he helped create. So this brings us full circle. So just like I asked you guys with Pavlov, is Haber good or bad? He's bad. <laughs> <laughs> so like, why, what, what's your reasoning for that? 
I know what you're trying to get at. Like, yeah, he saved a bunch of people who gave him, like, dirt. <laughs> but then he freaking murdered them. So... <laughs> Um, if you're asking, like, if saving a life is, is uh, you know, saving grace to killing somebody, no. I mean, when you – so when you first sent this te- or this question out, I told you at the beginning, like, before we started recording, I have a 10-second, basically, answer to your question. Like, can a wrong – like, what was it? Can a – can a wrong can a right erase, erase a wrong or something? Yeah, like can a right erase a wrong? No, like let's let's go into we like sports, right? So let's talk about sports for a second. You have somebody that uh, is a running back, okay, for a football team. Gets the ball, he rushes, he fumbles. Okay, the other team gets it, they go and score. Next drive, you know they they move down the the field. They're on the goal line, give it to the running back. He doesn't fumble this time. He goes into the end zone and scores. Does that actually take away the fact that he fumbled? No. Yeah, it was a good thing. He, he got in and he scored. He still fumbled, though. Doesn't yeah. take it away. So, I mean, there's some gray areas when we're talking about ethics. But if you're just talking about literally exchanging a bad thing to, that you did for a good thing, it's not equivalent. If you did something bad, you did something bad. If you did something good, you did something good. But yeah. that doesn't that doesn't cancel cross them out. out or cancel them out. So, for example, it's let's say like a z- it let's say you're you you're a player and you're playing in the NBA Finals and you score fifty points, and then at the very end of the game, like your team is down by one point. You they inbound the ball to you and you kind of miss the ball a little bit. It like hits your knee and rolls out of bounds, and your team loses the game. So, which would out? I mean, was that player a detriment to that game, or was he helpful to that game? I don't think it's really the same question, but because the question isn't is he are these people detriments? <laughs> this, is, this is right and wrong, right? So. I don't know. It's like, was his wrong act of, of losing the ball outweigh? Well, they lost, right? Point they lost, so it doesn't matter how much good he did. The one bad thing he did cost him the game. So if you want to look at it that way, it doesn't matter how many people he saved by creating dirt that could handle uh, crops. In the end, he murdered. He was the cause of murdering millions of people. Yeah. So what if here's what if you could go to the all higher being power and he says to you directly, Trav, I just want you to know, Trav, you would not have existed if it wasn't for Fritz Haber. <laughs> be like, oh, okay. And then would you then think he was good or bad? No, I still think you'd be a bad person, but I don't know what you want me to say. <laughs> no, I, there, is, <laughs> like, there is no right or wrong. This I know there meant, isn't a right or wrong. This is but you, meant to be, but even you, though it's about right and wrong, it's, there is no right or wrong. But you are going to ask me questions until I like change my mind. <laughs> no, you don't have to change your mind at all. And so, I, I'm literally just trying to see, because I, I get it. I get that you're saying like, no, but I'm just wondering if you really mean it. I, I do. <laughs> so my take on it, is ask it's like asking is somebody is darth vader bad what would you guys say was darth vader bad or good depends on which movie you're watching exactly (laughs) that's what i was gonna say there's it in my head 
at least just like thinking about it for five seconds, <laughs> I've come to the conclusion that the timeline matters on how you're going to be viewed in history. Yeah, if you're taking kind a, of, if you if you start on a good like Anakin Skywalker and then you end bad, but then ultimately he kind of ended good because he's he killed the Emperor right and mm-hmm. saved Luke Skywalker. But take that out, and then you end on a bad. Your legacy is you were bad. If you start bad, but then make a comeback and you redeem yourself, people will remember you in a better light. It seems like yeah, it's kind of. It's, it's it could, because <laughs> but you it's know like, it's like what was their what was their ultimate evolution? How did they evolve? What did they evolve into? Did they evolve into something better, or was it something worse? But at the end, let's just take and then that's your legacy. Let's take his lifeline, K, and we'll just reverse it. We'll say he did all the bad stuff at first, even though like I get it, like he he had to do the one thing before <laughs> yeah, doing the yeah, other. Okay, but like I I get it. Yeah, Kay. you're right. So we reverse it. He kills all the people first, but then he's like, oh, let's. Make cool soil that could help us eat. Yeah, maybe in the end you're like, okay, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, we got to live and eat food. It's like, but remember that time? Like, you killed like thousands of people. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, this is why. So, had Hitler, had Hitler like not killed himself and then like had another 50 years to live and like became just like like a, Ga- just completely changed himself and yeah became like a gandhi then would he be, would he notoriously be in history as the most evil man ever yes <laughs> <laughs> i but no i, I mean, agree yeah, i he think could Alan, be, but uh, yeah like i'm I, saying i think what you what you're going over is is exactly like yeah it's perfect because the whole point of this is like i don't know the answer to these you guys i obviously by your answers are not sure how to answer it either right there is no just definitive like yes yeah i mean trav definitely feels like this dude is bad but at the same time, he still recognizes that he did something that actually yeah, potentially you can recognize that they did something created good. like something good for the world, right? And, and in exactly like a lot of it is narrative in the timeline in which it happens because yes, people can remember like what happened last, maybe more so than what happened before it. And it's the same with like the whole example I used with the fifty points in a game, and then the guy turns it over. What if he turns it over on the first play of the game, but then scores fifty points? Yeah, and how is he remembered in that game? And it's probably exactly is the outcome the same. Yeah, but then he's probably remembered as like he fought like a warrior, brought us like within one point of this game by scoring fifty points, and no one probably would even remember that he turned the ball over on the first play. Oh well, yeah, right. But like, what was that worst call, uh, play call in like NFL history in the Super Bowl against the Patriots? Wasn't it? I don't that know. was it the Falcons. That were like gonna win, and then what did they do? They were on the goal line. You guys not remember this? <laughs> no, you have the Patriots to know. have been in the Super Bowl like so many times. You nine have, times. Basically, the, the basically the coach called a stupid play. He like ran it when he shouldn't, or he passed it when he shouldn't. That's, that's against the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks. Seattle Seahawks. Seattle Seahawks. That's Seahawks. who it was. And yeah, like they should have just given it to what well, everyone said. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Is everyone's like should have just given it to Marshawn Lynch, and he could have just run it in. But no, they started try to put pass play, and it was picked off. <laughs> but apparent, but up to that point, they were probably playing at least pretty good to be in position to win. But that's 
what was remembered from that Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, because I think I... It, I'm going to blame myself for bringing in sports into this because we're kind of equivalenting like sports actions to murder. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this is, this is one of those ethical things where, I don't know, you may, you can circle and go back and forth over yeah. and over again. But I mean, yeah. really, and I'm not saying like, that the whole point of this was for us to come to a conclusion or an answer because there is no definitive answer. Mm -hmm. It was completely to be a discussion and just throw out like, hey, how do you feel? What are your thoughts or ideas about good versus evil? And You know, the classic one that I always grew up on was, well, Trev, if I were to just like take a bite out of your arm, would you consider that to be bad or, or not? Yeah, probably not like it. <laughs> yeah. And Alan, if I took a bite out of your face, would you like that? Why are you taking bites out are of you, people's... Are you trying to say I have acne and I'm a pizza face or something? <laughs> but the thing is, you guys think unequivocally that that would be wrong of me to do, right? It'd be hard okay. for you to be like, I think that it's probably okay. But if you live in like certain aboriginal tribes they just take bites out of each other deep in the jungle <laughs> that are <laughs> that are cannibals it's okay to eat people well not when they're what alive the hell kind of an argument is this? <laughs> when they're dead like, they don't just walk up to each other and be like Good afternoon. Mm, I haven't had lunch yet. <laughs> Let me see that little pinky that looks moist. <laughs> Thank you. I am very satisfied. I thought, Trav, you were the one that hated the word moist. I do, but I felt like that was a perfect situation. <laughs> but yeah, like, no, my point is that even cannibalism, which is something that probably 99.99% of the population of the world would say is wrong. There's still a small, small portion that think mm-hmm. there's that a it's small portion right that are wrong. Think it's not wrong, but it's freaking wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like eating people is not right. So I mean, that's all I had yeah. on it. If you guys have any other comments, I just basically I think, think, in conclusion, it's there is no answer, like you said, and it's up to you. Let's listening. What do you think about it? And it's just like you know, yeah. I mean, have a little conversation again, in your own head about it. Would be great. Like if you have any so, thoughts of your own on this, we would love to hear from you just what you personally think the lines should be for right and wrong or how you would deem that. Got it. All right. Well, been talking for an hour and a half now, so <laughs> I guess we will move on to the next thing. <laughs> Which is Alan's quiz. His trivia. Super so wait. <laughs> solar, solar system, system trivia. trivia. to Solar System Trivia Part 4, Uranus and Neptune. During that intro music, I was able to create an entire scoreboard. (laughs) Okay, you're glass houses, all right? (laughs) Just because you've had two short ones, does that make up for the wrong of having a thousand 
long ones? Yes, I think so. That is my sound. That's my sliding scale is two shorts cancel <laughs> out a million longs. All right. So, Trav, if you didn't hear Alan earlier, basically he's doing a new scoring format on this one where you pick either Uranus, get it, Uranus, yep. or <laughs> Neptune, and then we use the num- random number generator to select whether you get a 100, 200, 300, 400, or 500, depending on if you get one, two, three, or four, or five. Okay. <laughs> on the random number generator. Great. Let me tell you, as somebody who is super into astronomy, that Uranus joke is freaking dead. So, well, maybe never uttered the again. dumbass who named it that <laughs> should have thought twice. So, true. <laughs> but maybe, <laughs> maybe he just like he didn't even mean to name it that, but it was like his last dying breath. And then he's like being asked, and for whatever reason at that time, like we have yo mama jokes now, and you're like, yo mom. Maybe back then it was like, Uranus. <laughs> and then he died. And I'm like, oh, I guess. <laughs> All right, let's get to the questions. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to flip the coin for who goes first. Who's going to call it? Danny gets it this time. Okay. Call it. Tails. Oh, come on. Would you there like has to, to be re-flip? a coin? Well, it depends. Reflip it. it. <laughs> Heads. Oh, God. <laughs> Gotta be kidding me. All right. So I pick. One, two, three, four, or five? No, you pick Uranus. Oh, I want Uranus. Uranus. And then you press the random button. No, well, and then you choose. And then it tells you. One. No. It just randomly chose 100. You choose a one through five. Okay. And then that's for how much it's worth. Is oh, the one through five. I see. So okay. one. <laughs> okay. Okay, so just choose one through five. Okay. One. Okay, so you choose question one. Now I randomize it, and it is worth 300. Yep. Okay. So this is going to be worth 300. All right. Question one. Uranus's axial tilt is how many degrees? 25, 42, 26, or 98? 42. Oh. Ooh, I thought from that book slash movie, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, that you would have been right for sure. Cause Why? 42 is the answer oh, to yeah. all the meaning of life and everything. <laughs> Did you ever see that movie? I think I like struggled through it. It's so. a good movie. It sucks. Hitchhiker's Guide to somebody the who's like a movie person. <laughs> it sucks. Ask your cousin who loves movies. I bet you he loves it. Okay, we'll see. <laughs> so it's axial tilt is how many degrees, meaning how many degrees is its tilt? Yes. <laughs> 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 I get that. Uh, um, Earth, but, by the way, is 23 and a half yeah. degrees. Okay, so do I get a chance to steal? Yep. So the other ones so were 25, 26, 98. 26. 25. Incorrect. <laughs> Neither of us get it. It's not 25 either. Did I even have 25 on there? Oh, yeah. yeah 25, 26. It's 98. 98 degrees. So, Uranus is... So they have a boy band on there? <laughs> okay. Uranus's axis is almost parallel to the ecliptic. It has fallen over on its side. The equator is still hotter at the poles, or hotter than the poles. The circumstances for this are unknown. So yeah, it's like on its side. Hmm. And you would think the poles that are now facing the sun would be hotter. 
but for some reason, they're not. They're still colder <laughs> than the equator. Cool. <laughs> I think I went through that one like three times. <laughs> <laughs> I repeated it. All right, your turn, Neptune. <laughs> that was 300. Uh, Neptune or your anus? Your anus for 500. You can't choose the 500. You just choose one, two, three, four, or five. So I don't get where this strategy you talked of came in then. <laughs> because <laughs> if and if he... The answer is 400, <laughs> apparently. If he randomly chose the questions and now and 400 and 500 are off the board, okay, for Uranus, <laughs> there's still a 400 and 500 in Neptune. Yeah, but so if you choose Neptune, but you could randomly get those. We can't choose 400 or 500. This is what determines the 100. No, so you only... We only... You keep pushing it now. So 300's off the board. So you just keep pushing it until you get oh, one... Something is not I 300. See, I see. Okay. I thought I explained this to you in the pre-show when we were, I explained I it to you and you were like, yeah, that totally makes sense. That the rules of his game are more difficult. <laughs> <laughs> game actually game. Everybody's listening to this like, what the f- That's why <laughs> I took the time to talk to you about it before the show. All right. And you were it's, like. I mean, it's cool. We'll continue. You this, chose, but- he chose number five urine, Uranus for 400. <laughs> Which. <laughs> I'm glad we're doing this in a podcast audio okay. format for the. <laughs> For people listening, it's number five, but it's worth 400. But 400 is off the board, 300 is off the board, but number one, number five are off the board. I it's don't get because it. they're not like there isn't any level of difficulty difference between these questions, really. Yeah. Well, so I fine. couldn't categorize them like that it. one's going to be worth You don't have to explain it. I'm just <laughs> saying that's going to be interesting to see how many people listening will actually follow this. <laughs> They'll be like, I think it's pretty easy, actually. Okay. All right. What's the question? Go. So that one was for 400? Yep. So now you know Uranus has 300 and 400 off the board. Okay. So there's still a 400 over on the other side. Anyways, my <laughs> Uranus still has a lot of points left. Okay. So five. Okay. This is only the second question. <laughs> How many moons does your anus have? Zero, two, 13, 27. Well... None of those are there because my anus has only ever been able to moon one one at a time. <laughs> <Just> go down. <laughs> so See, the thing was, is, is that I had that joke too. I just didn't say. <laughs> you weren't fast enough, huh, Trev? I didn't want to say it. <laughs> okay, so it was two zero two thirteen twenty seven thirteen. I'm gonna say twenty seven. Yay! 400, 400 points to Trevi. Uranus has 27 moons That's or that we know of. Five of the moon... The, <laughs> I can't read today. Five of the moons are large and the rest are much smaller. The five large moons are called Miranda, Ariel, Umbriel, Titania, and Oberon. Sweet. I'm going to go Neptune number two. For, for how much? 200. 200? Yep. <laughs> what? Just, just <laughs> don't. Neptune's diameter is 16,000 kilometers, 24,000 kilometers, 49,500 kilometers, 32,600 kilometers. <laughs> 49,000. I The 49,500 one, I think. Oh, good heavens. Come on. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Why do you know so much about Neptune? 
<laughs> you said that about Mars. <laughs> he just randomly knows like a lot about certain planets. <laughs> he like got a solar system book <laughs> as a kid, but a lot of the pages were missing. <laughs> so he only or got, he just like read. He only had like the N and the M, the M and the N in the encyclopedias. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go with Uranus for two hundred. My quip. Oh, it's quip. You did already read the quip. No, I didn't. Oh. Neptune is the smallest of the gas giants and the farthest gas giant from the sun. Oh, sweet. <laughs> I feel like you guys don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I care. It's not that we don't care. It's just we just want, I want the next question. <laughs> he, he's not happy that he hasn't gotten one right yet. And so he wants to answer one. Okay. So but Uranus for two, for number two for 200. No, you don't Uranus choose how much number two. Now oh. you randomize for 500. Oh. Yeah. How many earth years does it take Uranus to go once around the sun? 48, 132, 16, 84. 48. Come on! <laughs> okay. So it's what? <laughs> How many years does it take for Uranus to go around the sun once? 48, 32, or 132, 16, or 84? I'm going to say the 132 one. Close, but no cigar. 84. 84, yep. It's eight. Four years since Uranus's discovery on March thirteenth, seventeen eighty one, it has only revolved around the sun about two and a half times. Dang, Gina! Our generator super good looks. Did you know that? Yeah, when you set it to your own face, his his phone <laughs> locked. And all right, I would looks. like uh, Neptune for number four, please, and it will be. 100. Neptune. Number four. Does Neptune ever get farther from the sun than Pluto? Yes or no? Yes. You suck. Oh. I was like, (laughs) yes. Yes, it does. I actually knew that one. So So did I. Why do I get these? (laughs) You want to talk in the microphone, Danny? (laughs) Number. Well, I was crying, so I didn't want people to know. (laughs) Number. Neptune. Oh, we got a quip. That's right. (laughs) Because Pluto's orbit is so eccentric, Pluto crosses over Neptune's orbit to make Neptune the farthest known planet. Well, now it's the farthest known planet planet. (laughs) in the solar system. This happens between, or this happened between the years 1979 and 1999. Cool. Is there a possibility that they could collide? No. Okay. That sucks. There isn't because gonna let it collide because like if you imagine two <laughs> dinner plates like their orbits being two dinner plates but um pluto's is kind of like tilted up like this oh so for most of the time they're not even in the same plane <laughs> okay this makes Everybody. a lot of sense to all the listeners <laughs> out there <laughs> Imagine two dinner plates, people, and you'll get it. (laughs) (laughs) Not lunch or breakfast, (laughs) just dinner. Okay. Neptune for number five for 500. I always get the 500s. 
Yep, it doesn't, doesn't do me any good. I don't get them right. Well, if you get this, you'll only be 100 points behind me. I will still be or 200, 200 points. points. Neptune number five. Does Neptune have rings? Yes or no? Can you get a yes or no question? It's a lot of... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> So scared. Uh, we try and cut out. He knows, like, he knows I, if he doesn't get it, it's an automatic <laughs> five hundred to me. But um, so when I'm editing this, this when I'm editing this, I can cut out like the silent parts that we have and like shorten them. So you might not notice, but Danny just had like the longest <laughs> thirty second silence where he was just doing weird faces. <laughs> oh. Does Uranus have rings? Oh, it's <laughs> Neptune. <laughs> Don't ask questions. Answer them. No. Come on! <laughs> Travis? <laughs> I'm going to say yes. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us on this week's episode of the Q-Code Podcast. <laughs> Neptune has... <laughs> Neptune has several faint rings around it. There are three main rings which are very thin and dark. The rings are made up of small rocks and dust. I always thought Uranus had rings. <laughs> Neptune's rings are not the same thickness all around. <laughs> Does Uranus have rings? <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm going to go with Uranus number four. And you're going to have to open up your phone because right. why does it lock after literally three <laughs> seconds? Super good looks. Done. <laughs> I set mine to never lock. It's already taken. 200. All right. You said number four? Number four for 200. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's so confusing. <laughs> it's confusing and we literally have like it written out on a chart. <laughs> it makes perfect sense in my head. It's because... Like I said, okay, if you imagine all the questions being the same equal amount of difficulty, yeah. I get it. Then I like that's it. why I'm it's, using the random number generator just to funny. judge how much they're going to be worth it's versus just, me. We get it. It's just funny. Okay, <laughs> four. But you could have just gone like one through five. We would have just picked. You would have just gone through the questions, and we would just done the random number generator to find out how much it's worth. That's basically what we're doing. There. I know, but it's much more complicated. <laughs> <Okay. than that. laughs> Just no. I wanted to leave something up to fate. It makes it more exciting. Okay, go. Okay. Does Uranus have rings? Yes or no? No. Yes! There you go. <laughs> but that sucks. It's only worth 200. I gave you 500 free points. Uranus has 11 very I dark. I knew Uranus had rings. <laughs> Uranus has 11 very dark rings. They range from 38,000 kilometers to 51,000 kilometers from the center of Uranus. Um, from the center of Uranus. And so, by the way, I forgot to mention this on Jupiter. So we all know Saturn has rings. Jupiter actually does have rings, too. They're super faint. Man, the, just, all these planets so, have rings, but the only ones that you answer questions to that have rings are the ones that don't. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, of all the gas giants, all the gas giants have a ring system. It's just Saturn's are so much more spectacular than the other ones. Oh, the other ones rings suck. and are like visible through a telescope. The other all ones, right. the other ones we only know about because we sent probes um, to like voyagers right past them. And we were like, and we were like, hey, whoa, what was that? 
What's that dark area? Alan, what you do in your own time, sending probes to your anus, (laughs) (laughs) is up to you. We're trying to do a podcast right now. Um, I'm going to do... What's the only one left? 100. What's the score? Wait, what's the score? Trav's winning by a lot. He can't win. He's winning by (laughs) 1,000. Neptune for one. Neptune number one for... Gosh, it's like 30 steps. Either process. three or four. 400. All right. Neptune's winds are the fastest in the solar system. True or false? No, I think it's Uranus. <laughs> <laughs> false. Come on! <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> I can't wait till the bonus question. It's true. <laughs> With all or while. <laughs> I don't know enough about Uranus. Uranus. That was Neptune. Oh, and Neptune. <laughs> Put this up again. No one does. I feel like they're the neglected part. Oh, actually, I don't need to because we know what the yeah. other ones are. So, quip? <laughs> while all the gas giants have fast-moving winds, Neptune's winds are the fastest at around a thousand miles per hour. Ooh, I'm gonna take Neptune number three for three hundred. Oh, funny how that worked oh. out. Well, and the game theory finally came into play. <laughs> Good job, Trav. <laughs> I hope you get it wrong. The other one only has one hundred. <laughs> <laughs> hope you get it wrong. What is the mass of Neptune? Five times the Earth's mass? 30 times the Earth's mass? 23 times the Earth's mass? 17 times the Earth's mass? I'm going to say 23. Oops. Five. 17. 30. (laughs) 17. Yes! You get nothing. (laughs) Although Uranus is larger, Neptune's mass is greater than Uranus. So Neptune's more dense. It's more dense. Okay, I'm going to go with Uranus. Uranus. Three. Number three for 100. (laughs) It just sounds so funny when we say it. (laughs) I'm going to take number three for 100. (laughs) Like, friggin' Pat, or not Pat Sajak, but Alex Trebek would be having a heyday right now. We're going to take Uranus three for 100. <laughs> what is the diameter of Uranus? <laughs> Very small. <laughs> I mean, regular sized. He, he I don't know if it's okay, just to be small or big. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what, which one's worse. <laughs> I also just snorted. <laughs> Which I don't normally do when I laugh. Sometimes people do. I get multiple choice. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say sometimes people fart out their anus. <laughs> but they laugh. All right. <laughs> I don't know. This is the. I don't know anymore. where else they would. <laughs> <laughs> what is the diameter diameter of Uranus? Forty thousand kilometers, fifteen thousand kilometers, eighty-eight thousand kilometers. 51,000 kilometers. <laughs> How much bigger is it? <laughs> it doesn't matter. The Neptune. 
<laughs> how much you bigger? You can't ask I questions. Can't tell you how much bigger it is? How much bigger is Uranus than Neptune? Fifty-one. Oh wait, wait, wait! I did that. Come on. <laughs> there you go. Fifty-one thousand kilometers. You got that for one hundred points. All right. Now, if this is a the next question wins, it's bogus. There is a bonus question. I got three hundred. <laughs> You're 16? Yes, I'm winning. Oh, now you had the zeros. (laughs) There is a bonus question. I have predetermined in my head, though, and wrote it down, whether it's going to be a winner take all or uh, you get it right. So if you get it (laughs) right. (laughs) So if you get it, whether it's going to be you get it right, you win the whole game, or you get it right, you lose. I'm so the glad this is the last solar system <laughs> trivia game because I don't think we'd be able to figure it out next time. <laughs> they get like more complicated every time. So basically, <laughs> about the last. So basically, just, if you're losing. You get the final question. <laughs> so they basically this could be a so bomb. it's like this could be a hidden bomb that you get like, it right you lose. It's like the game 500, but it could either be it's a surprise package and it could be. Automatic, you get to go throw the ball, or you, okay, it's yes, no value. I don't know yes, what. Just okay. <laughs> okay, just ask the question. Wait, who gets the question? We flipping. We're flipping for it. Okay, so or I, should we use the random number generator, one through ten? Who yeah, we'll, just flip, we'll just flip because I already turned it off. Okay, okay, oh, my turn. Let's flip for who calls it. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just kidding. Heads, heads. <laughs> oh, come on. Where's that? How many we've done like <laughs> how many coin flips and I have won zero of them. <laughs> so if you get this right, and I know what is that a two two-headed coin? Cuz I always pick tails and he always picks heads and I always if I pick I lose cuz I pick tails it's always heads. And if he picks he always picks heads and it's always heads. It's so heads like eight times in a row. So let's look at where we're at here. If you get this right well, if you okay, okay. <laughs> if you get this wrong, you're gonna win because you're already ahead. If you get it right, you could end up winning because it's winner take all, or it could be the hidden bomb and you end up losing. <laughs> 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 I almost want to just give it away. To so you. basically, if you get it wrong, you win. Okay. If you get it right, you have a fifty-fifty well, chance of winning. I have a pretty good chance of losing then because. I don't Actually, know anything. I don't know anything. You have a seventy-five percent chance of winning and twenty-five percent chance of losing. Okay, okay. I said judging that. by if it's a coin flip answer, <laughs> like a true or false. It's okay. Here's the question: How many moons does Neptune have? Zero, seven, fourteen, twenty-one. Remember, Uranus, you that got just that. Complicated that had things, but actually increased your odds greatly. Uranus had twenty-seven. So how many moons does Neptune have? Zero, seven, 14, 21. Zero. Yes. Travis is the winner! Yay! What if I would have <laughs> got it right? <laughs> then what would have happened? If you would have got it right, then you would have lost. Because it was a bomb question. <laughs> There's one, one question. That's the bomb question. <laughs> This game. It's not like it was one of these was the bomb question. It the was game just makes the bomb <laughs> question. <laughs> makes no sense. The, this game is about learning. Okay. <laughs> and we all had fun doing it. 
So, so we tied the we answer did. at two oh, apiece. Let's hear the answer, though. The answer to how many moons does Neptune have is 14. Neptune has 14 moons that we know of. The largest moon is Triton. Triton is slightly smaller than Earth's moon and has active volcanoes which erupt like geysers and eject nitrogen frost over the surface. So that would be good for our dirt. <laughs> yes, nitrogen frost all They're over the surface. Then we wouldn't have needed <laughs> Fritz Haber. <laughs> so what you want to say is that we were tied. And technically, yes. To we, a piece. To a piece. But if you go back to who was actually winning at the end of all the games, I take three of them while you take one. Well, I was trying to lose. <laughs> <laughs> without the bonus? Yeah, without the bonus, I won three of them. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, Trav knows a lot about the solar system. <laughs> Guys, Which is I, funny I because a, I think I Danny was so out. sure of himself when we were talking about <laughs> the sun and Mercury. I have no idea why you guys were so confused by that scoring system <laughs> and by my bonuses. Like, I really think the like game shows are going to start utilizing this. Real game shows. Like, we have predetermined in our minds <laughs> <laughs> that this is either right, wrong, or a bomb, a boom or bust. Now, this... Coming down to this final question, you want to get it wrong, or it could be a bomb. (laughs) (laughs) That's just how the cards fell when we got to the bonus. All right. Well, there you have it, folks. Um, Apparently, cutting down to just two topics doesn't matter. (laughs) So... (laughs) So when we get down to one topic, we're just going to talk for two hours straight, so... I don't oh, I don't know what to we'll do. We'll do shorter. <laughs> but, I'll cut it off. But I thank you, or we thank you, everyone, for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed this. Um, and uh, like always, make sure to visit us on our website, qcopodcast.com. Um, and wherever you're listening to podcasts, obviously, uh, and subscribe. And then, of course, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at QCO Podcast, and don't forget to leave us some five star reviews because we like those. But thanks again, everybody, for listening, and we will catch you next week.